Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, gal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, gal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. And no. Amanda talked about her mosquito bite because she didn't use ass. I, <laughs> I should have grabbed my ass. <laughs> I got I a mosquito bite. I was old of F. I was old of F. I got a mosquito bite on my fucking chin. <laughs> like on the jawline. And there's like not enough flesh there for it to like properly swell. So it's like this weird tight bump that just itches all the time. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, put some ammonia Honestly, on that. I'm fine. Yeah, I'll also have pepperoni some... pee on it. Oh my God. Put some toothpaste on it. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Windex. Put some Windex on it. Put some Windex yeah. on it. Oh, I cannot wait for the new my, my big, big fat Greek wedding. wedding. Oh my god, so good. It's gonna be great. Anyway, okay. who are we? Oh fuck it. I'm Kenyon. <laughs> I'm Lucy. I'm Itchy, and I'm Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a very special fan pick for you this week, brought to you by Martin Liu. Mm. who wants to dedicate this episode to their husband, Tyler, and friends, Nea and Sarah. Oh. Mm-hmm. They have selected the topic of naughty nurses. Oh, my God. My yeah. nurse is so naughty. So naughty. I have, like, the nattiest nurse. <laughs> yeah, because all or most of these people are or at least were nurses. Nurses. Oh. God, God bless you. This reminds me of the episode that, like, our friend who is a flight attendant got for flight attendant crimes, and they mm-hmm. dedic- they like pooled with all of their friends who their are crew. also flight attendants. Yeah, yeah. their literal crew, mm-hmm. their flight crew. Mm-hmm. I love these. Mm-hmm. I have Nurses, a great case today. I'm ready. Nursing has got like it, up there with teaching has got to uh, be the hardest job of all time. I could not. Like I absolutely could not understand why you put yourselves through it, but I'm the hypocritic both. Couldn't take it. Don't get it. I don't like it. it. I don't get it. I was in classes uh, with a lot of nursing students at MCTC because there are a lot of like psych undergrad or like psych requirements, Mm -hmm. and. uh, Their schedules were nuts. I mean, they're doing like practical in like practical lab like early in the fucking morning and then taking a full course load and then toward the end of their schooling they're also in like internships it's basically getting your fucking medical degree like it's oh you're doing the same work all the work that doctors used to do yeah for less pay and you're also interacting you're like also need all the skills of like a retail worker to like yeah. interact with the public and, and they're also all miserable. interact with technology yeah. and mm-hmm. you're meeting all of the people that you meet on their fucking worst day 99% yeah. of the time everything yeah, no is high stakes 
But I've been also sitting in the waiting feces. room for hours. God, uh, God bless nurses. Like seriously, seriously, as someone who has been hospitalized many times, mm-hmm. thank you, diabetes. It is the, it makes all the difference when you just have like a great nurse. Absolutely. And, and to all the patients out there, be fucking patient and be kind to your nurses. They're kind. doing the goddamn best they can, except for the ones in these stories, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the ones in these stories are natty. Nat, nat. <laughs> They're the outliers. <laughs> They're a little natty. But Martin would like to say to Tyler and Naya and Sarah, quote, with everything they've endured being overworked and underpaid before and during COVID, I'm sure we could all use a few laughs. Oh, gal. Well, we will have some. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. But first. I got visual aids with mine. Oh, good. Well, oh, no. one that is atrocious. I can't <laughs> that- wait. I almost dug out the stethoscope that somebody gave me at a meet and greet oh, a few nice. years ago. God, but that's like, okay, this is another reason why you need to watch Parks and Rec because Andy finds a stethoscope in a sandbox and April is like, do not put that near your face. And, <laughs> and that is, that's what, yep, it's you. I anyway. put it on immediately. It's in my Halloween box. Of course oh, it is. Nice. We recently had to like clear out our storage closet in our house and we got rid of so for much a baby. stuff. For, yeah, to make room for bebe stuff. And we needed to keep and retain not one, but two large plastic bins of costumes. Oh, yeah. If you had gotten rid of those, <laughs> I'd be pissed. Both yeah. for my job and for Zach's job, because they always have, like, you know, like, you know, spirit week and it's like, you know, wacky Wednesday or like, you know what? Like he always has to wear costumes mm-hmm. as a middle school principal. So we have two bins. It's yep. part of the deal. It is. Yep. He loves yep. it. He it leans in. in territory. Of course yep. he does. Okay. <sighs> Let's lube up. I'm drinking mango, grapefruit, seltzer water, but let I'm me live vicariously it. through you guys. Oh, well, I'm drinking water. <laughs> Our fan picker requested Marg's oh. Midnight Margaritas. Mm-hmm. Oh, that so, sounds nice. I know. I'm sorry. But we will go margarita. back to a haunted inn in the Berkshires that no one else is staying in. Beg my sister to please come stay with us because we're scared and then make margaritas at midnight. Yep. <laughs> and then for literally the children what we did. to eat chocolate cake for breakfast with twine around their necks. And they, and don't they didn't totally, even want to. Yeah, they like were like not into it. We were like, eat this chocolate cake Yo, for breakfast. We're your cool aunts. And they were like, I'm scared. And the first <laughs> night that they got there, because Kenyon and I, this was for our friend Josh Hallmark's birthday, 40th I birthday. Know. I couldn't go. Lucy couldn't go because she was in a wedding. We, Kenyon, we thought we were going to have like five people. So Kenyon got this really cute Airbnb like this old, old Victorian, Victorian mansion. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be an actual like bed and breakfast. Now it's just an Airbnb. So we were alone in there. A fucking we got creepy there. One. <laughs> we yeah. walked in. We did one lap through the house and we were like, absolutely fucking not. I don't know <laughs> what we're going to do. This is the scariest place we've ever been. I immediately <laughs> called my sister and was like, pack the kids. Get David. Drive four hours. Drive four hours to the Berkshires. Literally from four hours. She Literally drove. four hours. Oh my God. You're it's like, horrible. you have to come stay with us for the weekend. <laughs> we can't sleep here. And then she goes, Is it going to be too scary for my kids to sleep there? And we were like, No, it's fine. They'll be fine. They got there, and Molly immediately, when we, they tried to put them to bed, was like, I can't sleep here. This is so scary. Like, this place is <laughs> fucked up. And we were like, we were drunk at a party at that point. So we were like, I don't know. You're here now. Figure it out. I made Amanda share a bedroom with me the first sure night. 
Yep. Yeah. They came the next day. There were like five or six bedrooms in this place. And I was like, yeah. oh, hell no. I slept That's- on like a slouchy trundle <laughs> because I refuse to share a bed with Kenyon because she is a, a violent sleeper. And I can't cuddle. <laughs> I cannot sleep if I cuddle. Not that I slept anyway. <laughs> Things would there have gone like, down very differently if I had been there. there we would have like had a seance. We would have found some ghosts. Well, we oh. tried the next night. Yeah. No one was answering our calls to action. Mm-hmm. And there was also, <laughs> like, outside of that window, like, one tree that in the wind was just, like, yes. scratching And the house next door was, like, beautiful but decrepit and had it been, like, abandoned for amazing. decades. <laughs> it was, like, condemned. Like, it had an yeah. orange sticker on the front of yeah. it. Yeah. How did we get onto this subject? I don't know. Midnight, oh, midnight margaritas. margaritas. Woo! All right. Yeah. Anyway, so I made a margarita. I just used Reposado. You know I love to put a little Grand Marnier in there. I have fresh lime juice. I also put some fresh lemon juice in here. A little bit of sour mix. Nice. And then I also like to do a splash of uh, like sparkling either plain or lemon lime water. Mm-hmm. I had plain this time. I need to buy that non-alcoholic tequila because Mm -hmm. that was good. A non-alcoholic margarita sounds really good right now. They make N.A. tequila? Yeah, remember that's what I had had in in Austin. I didn't know that there was an N.A. tequila in there. I thought Mm -hmm. they just made you an N.A. margarita. No, Mm -hmm. there was N.A. tequila in there. Cool. I know. I need to look it up. Do it. Well, you got time now because my segment's over. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Lucy, what is our background in psych for natty nurses? So natty. As you may recall, we did Angels of Death for episode 13. Didn't we do a part two also? With Dr. Nandy. Yes. That was Mm -hmm. not in the calendar. Yeah. That was our only two-parter episode. And it was was with Dr. Nandy. Mm -hmm. Yes. We might want to throw that in the calendar. Should I invite him to my wedding? Obviously. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hard yes. (laughs) He's for sure he's going to say yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that two-parter was episode 13 and 13.5, I guess. That was also five years ago. I have no idea what I talked about. So if by chance you're coming directly from episode 13 to this episode. That's chaotic. That's fucking weird. probably (laughs) going to be some overlap and... I don't care. No, fuck no. it. <laughs> it's still Everything really interesting. Everything is dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Nothing don't. fucking matters. No. We're just floating on a rock that's careening through an ever-expanding universe, mm-hmm. and we don't understand any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm fine. What are relationships anyway? Ugh. <laughs> I'm getting married in the morning. Oh, right. Yeah. Let, that's, yeah. I mean, relationships are fine, but they're just chemical fuck-ups in your brain. Exactly. It's what I'm saying. Forcing you to, like, work in a community so that we don't all die. That's all they are. It's barbaric. It's really, (laughs) it's outdated. I don't like it. I'm so happy, though. I love my We're doing great. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. So serial killers who are nurses are especially scary because their body counts can rack up astronomically- Before they're caught, and if they're caught, Uh many have dozens of victims with several in the suspected hundreds of victims. Jeez. And there are undoubtedly many victims that we will never fucking know about. 
Mm-hmm. A 2006 study found that nurses account for 86% of all murders by healthcare workers. Wow. So I mean, they have the sense. most like patient interaction. They're actually administering medication the drugs. Yeah. They're also like alone with patients the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But 86%, that's like almost all. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very that's high a number. That's close to 100%. That's mm-hmm. uncomfortably close to 100%. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a high percentage. I love it. So nurses or other types of caregivers who intentionally harm or kill their patients are often referred to as angels of mercy or angels of death. Mm. They will frequently use their skills and knowledge of the medical field to do this, such as overdosing a patient with insulin, Mm -hmm. for example. That's what I threaten Bill with all the time. Mm. As you should. It would be so easy. No one would know. No one would know. Well, now they can check for that shit. Well, 100 years ago, no one would know. Well, they would only know to check for it if they were deliberately checking for just that. Mm-hmm. Which or they probably if, would at this point because she just announced it on air. You know, I'm not going to kill him the way I say I'm going to kill him right. on the podcast. It's or a red herring. am I? It's a red herring. You're <laughs> Double right. red herring. So there's a very obvious power dynamic with these kinds of cases, and sometimes the behavior will escalate beyond just the sick people in their care, and they will begin to target healthy people outside of a medical setting. Because as we know... These behaviors escalate. escalate. They get a mm-hmm. taste of that sweet, sweet power. Yep. Or even if they're not a serial killer nurse, they're still just a person and mm-hmm. people commit murder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we know that nurses do sometimes kill their patients, but what are their motivations? Generally, the motivations can fall into three categories. So we have a mercy killer. So these killers believe the victims are suffering or that they're beyond help. Mm-hmm. Though this belief may be slash is delusional. You're a drain right. on our resources. Bye-bye. Right. Yeah. They might just be killing like old people who are unwell but could mm-hmm. still have a lot of years left. It's still Can you imagine? murder and against yeah. Yeah. your oath as a caregiver. Right. I right. want to know You're how. Not God. Yeah. I want to know how close it got with Helen and any of her nurses. <laughs> because I guarantee you the thought crossed at least somebody's mind. I bet oh, they yeah. had a like a betting pool about when she would go. Oh, like on, a baby pool. Like I on bet. whose shift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I would. Wouldn't oh, you? are you kidding me? I fucking would. Yeah, I place bets on people's mortality constantly. All the time. The family basically <laughs> had one. And guess what? We all lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Society Jokes lost. on you. Society, Society lost. Lost. <laughs> Okay, our second category is sadistic. So these killers use their position as a way of exerting power and control over helpless victims. And then lastly, we have the malignant hero. This is a pattern wherein the subject endangers the victim's life in some way, then proceeds to save them. Hmm. That, so that some, one is really freaky. Yeah. yeah. That's some, like some Munchausen shit. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes called hero syndrome. Mm-hmm. So some will feign attempting resuscitation all the while knowing their victim is already dead and beyond help, but they they're, they just want to be seen as right. selflessly making an effort and being really dramatic about it. That's fucking creepy. And also yeah. my lady like doesn't fall into any of these categories. Mine well, some doesn't sadistic. either, but that's okay. <laughs> Some of them don't. Um, yeah. Another motivation could be necrophilia, Ooh. as in the case with Jane Toppin. So she oh, would administer the muffin to you. She would administer a drug mixture to the patients that she chose as her victims, 
And then once they were like dying, she would lie in bed with them and like hold them close to her body and like fondle them as they died. Oh, God, that's my fucking nightmare because I hate cuddling. (laughs) If if, If I go out cuddling, something went really, really wrong. Yeah. Someone administered a drug mixture to you. Yep. I'm like oh a cat. I'm going to, if I know I'm dying, I'm just going to like crawl behind Walk the washing the machine and yeah. crawl under like <laughs> go the by myself or something. Yeah. Under the crawl porch. behind the washing machine. <laughs> yeah. That's where Banjo My died. did that. Oh, God. <laughs> did you guys see that thing where, That's where I think Banjo. I said it to you, where it's like, <laughs> I've never heard of a hamster death that wasn't traumatic. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like there's never trauma. just a normal hamster oh, death. Yeah. They no, eat he each got other out. Up. He got out, and then we thought the cat had killed and him. There was but the a cat hawk. didn't kill him. Oh, like, it was so bad. Yeah, there's always it's always a, a trauma. I actually think one of my hamsters died naturally in its cage, and I fully blamed my sister. One of my <laughs> hamsters also died naturally in its cage, and that was really sad. I like went to feed it, and it was just like like. <laughs> plastered up against the glass just jesus that's traumatic also just fucking hard and cold <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> how long had it been since you fed it oh i fed it every day <laughs> okay it was i mean For its I, monthly was feeding. Like, this wasn't ADHD. in my youth i know i know <laughs> but i do remember to feed my animals Okay. Um, now, of, as an adult, speaking of feeding or not feeding your animals, as oh Amanda mentioned, some of the motivations can be linked to Munchausen syndrome mm-hmm. or Munchausen by proxy, which we have also covered on an early full episode, which was episode six. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of go into that. Na- Dr. Nandy's brain about it because he had done a whole episode on his show yes. where he like interviewed That's someone. That's how we found him. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Ugh, this is giving me so many Nandy throwbacks and I, I love it. We gotta it's reach like a out. warm hug. I know. I miss him. Mm-hmm. I miss him in my life. Paging Dr. Nandy. <laughs> Can we actually page Dr. Nandy though? Because he's him. a beautiful human mm-hmm. being. Yep. Yep. He'll answer. Okay, so from Wikipedia, quote, in some cases, the killer claims the motive is euthanasia when it is not, so like the mercy killing. Mm -hmm. The difference being that a serial killer lacks a sense of compassion towards the patient, which is expected in situations of euthanasia. Mm -hmm. Most murders committed by nurses are performed by lethal injection. The typical medical professional who murders kills two patients every month on average. Oh, Wow. I'm saying the de- the yeah. the body counts are they're high, so high. fucking high. Yeah, wow, scary high. This next statistic kind of plays into the whole g- gendered roles of nursing. Mm-hmm. A 2011 study of characterizing 70 female serial killers found that 30 percent of them were nurses. Hmm. Okay, so. So very few serial killers are female, but the ones that are, there's a higher likelihood that they that are they nurses. they nurses, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. There's yeah. like so much less, and I mean, again, this is also like very stereotypical and very gendered, but we do know from statistics that like a lot of times binary women will not engage in like super physical violent crime. Yeah, they'll we be don't, poisoners. Like, yeah, we, we're poisoners. We're like the subtle... Because we, we can be overpowered, we're cleaner about it, but mostly because it's like crimes of opportunity. We can be overpowered more often mm-hmm. if, like, our victim, if your victim is like a large man, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. these are 
positions where there are a lot of women working, doing this work Mm -hmm. and their victims are already vulnerable Mm -hmm. and they have access to all these tools to make them even more vulnerable. And like, you're kind of an easy target when you're in the hospital. Yeah. We'll we'll get to all People are just coming in at any time of day or night and giving you shit and you You take it. I never ask questions. You have unlimited access to poison. Well, poison and also feeble, unhealthy potential victims. Right. It's kind of a gold mine. Mm. Kind of. Maybe I do need to go into nursing. (laughs) (laughs) So a former German nurse named Niles Hogel was initially convicted in 2006 of attempted voluntary manslaughter after being caught intentionally manipulating a patient's syringe pump to improperly administer a drug called Ajmaline. Don't like that. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. It's an anti-arrhythmic. I can't I couldn't tell if it slows your heart way down or speeds it way up, but it fucks up your heart. Okay. Since then, investigators suspect his total number of victims is around 300. That's over a 15-year period, people. making him the most prolific serial killer in the history of peacetime Germany. Holy fucking shit. That's the other thing, too, is like depending on the type of nursing, I the think type I of covered patient that guy. Do, I think you did too. But I he think was I like the him most, on our crossover episode with Generation Y. I'm pretty sure we covered this guy, but I didn't yeah. remember which episode. It's ringing, and, a, it's ringing a bell. Okay. So this is from the BBC. Ugh. Prosecutors say Hogel attacked patients in order to impress colleagues by subsequently trying to revive them. He mm-hmm. even earned the nickname Resuscitation Rambo. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. if you have one person and, like, consistently on their shift, they're saving lives trying or to be people Superman. are dying. Right. Either or. We'll get to it. It's called Clusters. It's but we'll get to it. I know. Cluster is maybe the grossest word in the English language. It's Unless not Unless you're talking about, like, a chocolate nut cluster. Right. Or, like, a grape Which cluster. Which sounds really good. For making wine. That does sound I'm going to really text good. my husband. I was just going to say, I might text Bill and ask him to bring home chocolate. <laughs> it reminds me of, ev- of like, you know, like, the, the tri- right tripophilia. <laughs> is that what it's called? Or trip, trip, tryptophobia. Oh, the holes. It's all the, the little holes. holes. What? No. The word cluster reminds me of, like... Frogs laying eggs on their backs or whatever the fuck. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. I'm just yep. texting my my fiance Same. to get We're chocolate. We're just texting about bringing home chocolate <laughs> and nut clusters. Babe, Got if it. you drive by chocolate and grab some, I would not be mad about that. Okay, well, you do that. I have literally said if you on. were to bring home some kind of chocolate <laughs> nut cluster candy, I wouldn't be mad about it. Should I text my husband? How? Text your husband right now. <laughs> Are you going to stop at the store? (laughs) Why are we so predictable? Basically, every time I record, Bill is now like Pavlov conditioned to be like, what fucking food 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 is she going to come up with? It's going to be baked potatoes, tacos, tacos, pizza, chocolatey nut cluster. It's going to be very specific. Always. (laughs) Taco Bell. Listen, he's making his choices. He proposed to me. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I can get true. my nut clusters. All okay? right. Okay. Get off my nut and get me a nut cluster. Oh, I'm married to the best guy. He Is said, he yes, it? I am. What would you like? 
Oh, Bill hasn't responded yet, so it's about to get ugly over here. It's a competition now. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to keep reading. (laughs) Catherine Ramsland, a professor of forensic psychology, says there are differences in why a doctor might kill in comparison to a nurse, which I thought this was really, really interesting. Okay. Doctors often kill, quote, from the desire to feel a godlike sense of power over patients or from experimental curiosity. Ooh, hate Nur- that. Nurses, on the other hand, often feel put upon and undervalued. Mm-hmm. Their killing so they- sprees appear to have other motives, such as gaining attention, finding a small realm of power in an otherwise powerless world. Assu- I don't know how to say this. Assuaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assuaging depression. Paying Misling. back. Paying back an unfair system and acting out to relieve frustration or workload. I have done all of those things, so, so I get for, it. So for doctors, in your killing like, sprees in just my life. <laughs> so for doctors, it's like this psychotic thing. It's like it's all about them, mm-hmm. and they want to feel power and control and godlike. And for the nurses who kill, it's more like I want external validation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's more. Com- it seems enough. more complicated. Yeah, the I think of like I when I think of nurses who kill, I don't think of like Doctor Death, right? Like that podcast. That's right. Yeah. Oh, so scary. Mm-hmm. But like that, when I think of like doctors who kill, right. I immediately think of Doctor Death. This like hockey, yeah, fucking power hungry asshole narcissist. Mm-hmm. Narc absolute narcissist. Deadly narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's also the, you know, they say, like, surgeons are more likely to be psychopaths. Right. But nurses, they have to be at least outwardly compassionate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, surgeons and doctors on a higher level don't. have to fake it. No. Like, your bedside manner for the 10 minutes you're talking to the patient Mm -hmm. before and after you cut them open is not the most important part of Mm -hmm. your job. No. Mm -hmm. Nope. So Professor Ramslin outlined a 22-point checklist of red flags that have been associated with healthcare serial killers. Oh, my God. Are you going to read it? Not all 22 of them, but they include predicting- Send me all 22. Okay. (laughs) These include (laughs) predicting when a patient will die. Oh, okay. Moving from one hospital to another, preferring night Mm -hmm. shifts- Mm-hmm. Trying to prevent others from checking their patients. Oh, like being like too possessive almost of patients. Mm-hmm. Too hands on. Oh, yeah. oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes sense. Or from somebody else seeing like, why is she being given insulin? Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. not supposed to be in her chart or whatever. Yeah. Right. right. And also a red flag is them being associated with incidents at other hospitals. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when these clusters are like around, Arise, arouse. You get fired, but you like don't get reported. Yeah, to the you medical don't get board. like flagged. You mm-hmm. just get shuffled on. Exactly. It's great. And a lot of them can just be like rumors. Maybe they're not like seriously investigated. It's just like, yeah. whoa, that was a bad month. Crazy. Or, like, or they like negotiate so that you leave on good terms. You like yeah. still leave with a recommendation. Mm-hmm. There was a doctor in New Jersey. I feel like that my mom told me about that did that and had worked at like 10 different hospitals and Mm -hmm. had was responsible for the deaths of like 70 patients or something Mm -hmm. insane and it took like 30 years for them to fucking figure it out Mm -hmm. yeah while he just enjoyed his entire career and then basically by the time the guy went to jail it was like when he would have almost been retiring anyway like he'd done it most of his career Mm -hmm. oh my god cuckoo bananas 
like I'm saying, some these people, some of these people do not get caught. This is why <laughs> I'm really, really sad that my primary care physician is retiring. But also, like, think I about it. Her. You don't. I mean, I know now that's more common to have like a nurse practitioner instead of a mm-hmm. GP. So you do choose them. But like 99% of the nurses that you're encountering as a patient, you're not choosing them. You choose your doctor. You look up their reviews, blah, blah, blah. The nurses are almost like anonymous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody just brings you back and sticks a needle in your arm. And it's your you get you're connected with who's on the shift. Like, that's it. It's like you can't pick your server at a restaurant. You 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 hardly ever even know their names. Yeah. Yeah. The nurse practitioner for my primary care doctor is named Katie and she's fucking rad. And I can tell that she, like when we first met, she's very like professional and nurse-like. And then I think I said something or she said something and it was How really, really dark. Murder, Katie? <laughs> something yeah. really How dark. How many teeth and then do you have just, on your necklace? All the walls just broke down from there. <laughs> nice. Fucked around we're the best rest friends. of this. She's really great. <laughs> okay. Other red flags include a history of depression or other psychological troubles a high incidence of death on the killer's shifts, duh, making colleagues feel uneasy around them. Oh, yeah. And having drugs in their lockers or homes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Little I have nurse a lot Jackie. of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nurse Jackie. Yeah. Was she a killer or she just no, a no. drug, she, drug nurse? Drug, yeah. drug, drug user. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although a few of these would not be alarming in isolation, Professor Wilson, whose name I apparently cut completely out of this quote, said a cluster of five or more would be cause for concern. Nurse shortages in the UK and the US have also been cited as a reason for proper checks and references being overlooked when nurses Mm -hmm. are moving around to different hospitals. And also think about with the COVID stuff, there were Mm -hmm. so many, there was like such demand for nurses that the people, you know, were getting like offers to be travel nurses and mm-hmm. like, you know, like emergency fill in at different hospitals like around the country. Mm-hmm. Kidding a candy store. Yeah. Killer nurses during COVID. My God. Yeah. Lock. This is your moment. <laughs> really? <laughs> so do these killer nurses enter the field because of their urges or do these behaviors develop once they begin working? Why not both? Mm-hmm. More likely the latter, but either one is possible. If you get they, shit on literally and figuratively enough in your job, you're bound to go a little and you get loopy. desensitized right. to death, possibly mm-hmm. depending on the type of nursing you're doing. And that mm-hmm. one of the big motivations that they suspect is that they're taking out their occupational stress stress on these victims right uh-huh. it makes a lot of sense this mm-hmm. is scary okay i awesome. love it i love it i'm gonna be giving birth in a few months <laughs> yeah, yeah perfect right eh, you'll be fine so they have I'll videotape likely, the whole thing they have like patreon content they have <laughs> likely obtained a sense of power and enjoyment from harming people in the past and see opportunities to escalate this behavior in a hospital when they become aware of the access and opportunities that this setting affords. Uh-huh. These people have control over life and death. They right. feel a sense of ownership, possession, and control over their patients. They feel entitled to harm and kill them. I, Be nice to your nurses, y'all. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Most of the it makes victims- every part of your experience better to just be kind to people, let me tell you. And at the airport, too. You, yeah, you might get For a free bottle. Just, in general. just yeah. in general. Just treat people Even like they're people. Even if you're people. not going to get anything out of it. Just 
be nice unless they're creepy. And then you don't right. have to be nice to them right. and we will get to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most victims are elderly and or very sick because their death might not be as much of a shock and wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily trigger an investigation. Yep. They are yep. also frequently poisoned by the very medications that are intended to help them. So instead of it being like a totally random medication, so it would be like their an chart. overdose. Yes. Mm, that's, that's smart. That's fucking Yep. Smart. Smart. I'm taking notes. <laughs> this, if the podcast ever goes down. <laughs> This is from if the I National Post. If I ever go Post. into nursing, you'll know to be concerned. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I know would trigger Red an alarm flag. for me uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. about your extremely predictable behavior. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. A 2006 study identified 54 medical serial killers in Europe and North America between 1970 and 2006. 54. That's mm-hmm. a lot. In most That's cases. a lot. The murder weapon was the drug the healthcare professional could easily access. That included potassium chloride, an electrolyte that in high doses can cause the heart to stop. Also, insulin, morphine, and drugs that paralyze the respiratory system. Mm-hmm. These paralyzing drugs are designed to let patients be comfortably attached to artificial breathing machines, but can be fatal if there's no device to take over the respiration. So if they're not actually connected to a fucking breathing machine. Got it. Okay. But those drugs are so common in hospitals that they're in every fucking closet, probably. We'll get to the potassium chloride. Mm. Amazing. Most of it involves IV medication because you don't even need to poke a needle into the skin of the patient. And then you, you can, won't, they can find those little puncture marks yes. in an autopsy. Mm-hmm. We will get to it. Yeah. So you want to go through the, the tube, baby. Yeah. yeah. You can even just put a few little drops of additional medication into the IV line, and it's almost just too easy. <laughs> <laughs> and voila. A Follow lot of, me for more recipes. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok taught me. <laughs> God. <laughs> IV bags are scary enough. They're so scary. <laughs> A lot of medical murderers are also involved in fraud, be it prescription fraud, insurance fraud, doctoring, <laughs> medical charts and files. Get out. <laughs> and forgery. Mm-hmm. So yeah. also I think like, you know, obviously there's somebody in in the hospital that is responsible for dispensing the medication. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have to like use somebody else's login or right. like signatures. Like, yeah. Nurse practitioners a lot of the time can prescribe, but typically just your regular like shift nurse cannot prescribe medication. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. probably some of that forgery is like forging prescription right. to gain access yep. to these deadly meds. Yep. There is some concern that legalizing compassionate euthanasia could actually enable serial killers, possibly fueling mistrust between palliative care teams and the general public. Eh, So that's another. I feel like they wouldn't be into it if it was legal, legal and consensual. You know, it's not the same rush. It's not as sexy. Yeah, right. It's just a possible concern. Mm -hmm. It seems like there are fewer medical murderers in the U.S., now than there used to be possibly in part because of the advent of computerized systems Mm -hmm. that can highlight unusual drug usage by staff in the facility. Yeah, Mm. and the uh, inventory is so much more fine-tuned now that they're using these, Mm -hmm. like, online, or not online, but, like, computerized databases Mm -hmm. and shit. It's wonder you need, like, a key card to get into fucking, like, any locked door, and that marks, like, whose card you use, what time. There's cameras everywhere. 
it's also possible that because everything is so computerized, it's harder for them to jump around to different hospitals without a people record noticing. following them. Yeah. I thought it's still very possible, but harder. Right. Definitely harder. Just like committing murder of course and get it's still of any possible. kind. Of course. Right. And getting possible. away with it is but harder. But I think the internet mm-hmm. helps. Yeah. Law enforcement, it helps the hospitals communicate with each other. It obviously is helping the technology with the dispensing mm-hmm. of the medicines. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but they're still out there and they're oh, yeah. almost no one's undetectable. Safe. No one's safe. <laughs> no one. To trust no one. So that's Great. my segment. <laughs> wow. Scary Lucy's stuff. So please, Yeah. I love it when I give you guys a new fear. Listen, mm. I don't have my life fear. Blood. I have a new aspiration. Mm. I am an aspiring I'm just thinking about how many nurse. nurses I encountered at just my like regular appointment yesterday. Yeah. I literally they directly interacted with like five different nurses, none of whom I was given a name for. Check your meds. Oh my god! Or don't go with it. Let's hear a word from our sponsors. <laughs> A good night's sleep is always in season, and you deserve the best rest, and Brooklinen has your comfort covered with a lineup of cozy essentials made for relaxation. Oh, it is so relaxing. Brooklinen, home of the internet's favorite sheets, was created in 2014 to give customers luxury hotel-level home essentials that don't break the bank. And we're talking the good hotel the good mm-hmm. hotels, like the mm-hmm. the really nice sheets, the really soft, plush, like bath towels. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Brooklinen offers everything from snuggly sheets to cozy towels and robes, loungewear, accessories, and so much more. By working directly with suppliers, Brooklinen cuts out the luxury markups and passes those savings back to their customers so you get their incredible products at a reasonable cost. So if this is your first time trying Brooklinen, we recommend... Just scoping out their best-selling luxe sheets. They're mm-hmm. the perfect place to start. They feature an irresistibly soft feel and buttery smooth finish. And also, like, the more you wash them, the better they get. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that happens. They're made with the highest quality cotton. These sheets come in classic colors like white and graphite. And they also have limited edition shades like aqua blue and toffee. They also have, like, really cute patterns for their comforter covers, like the duvet covers. Mm, they're so cute. So cute. Brooklyn and makes uh, an amazing gift. Also, if you just have someone in your life, you're like, you know what? Mom or dad or cousin or friend, you deserve a little treat. You deserve a little relaxation. You do. Definitely scope out Brooklyn. And they are great for those gifts. Amazing. We cannot recommend Brooklyn and enough. Truly. So give them the comfort refresh they deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code GALS to get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code GALS for $20 off plus free shipping. Brooklinen, the curators of comfort, and treat your sheets. Trade them. So... I can't recall if this case was a fan pick or if I found it from an episode of Forensic Files. Either Great. Either way, fabulous. Fi- it's, fi- it's 50-50. Fofty, fofty. 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 It's fofty, fofty. <laughs> I There definitely is a great Forensic Files episode about this. Yes. So I love I when I can follow up yeah, with, a, with an FF. Everyone to go watch. It's called Needle in a Haystack. Okay, I'm writing it down. 
Do you know what season? <sighs> I'll find it. It's fine. I'll find yeah. it. Thank y'all. Okay. Michelle Herndon grew up in Live Oak, Florida, a small oh. town just south of the Georgia border, the Florida Georgia Florida line. Georgia line. <laughs> it's season 14, episode 9. Got it. So Michelle was a beloved member of her tight-knit community. She was known for her kindness and outgoing nature. Most people who knew her would describe her as pretty idealistic. So as a teenager, she like raised and donated money to the World Wildlife Fund. And she Aww. also volunteered at a primate sanctuary. And there's a photo on the drive of her. She's like hang- Jane Goodall. Hanging out with the primates. What a fucking dream internship. Oh. What a little peanut. Yeah, she's a cutie. My tool she's to intern. She's feeding them like porridge with a spoon. Maybe it's yeah. a juice reward. It's juice reward. <laughs> it's a porridge reward. <laughs> so uh, according to her mother, Belinda, Michelle once called her crying that she was going to get in trouble for being late to work because she'd found a squirrel with a broken leg and she needed to like reroute and drive it to a veterinary clinic before going to work. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so cute. I know. She's dead, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Kenyon does. She makes you fall <laughs> in love. Yeah. She's she obviously not the murderer. Right. No, she's not the murderer. So she was also <laughs> devoutly religious. Her family belonged to Live Oaks Baptist congregation. And she dreamed of someday joining the Peace Corps and helping people in need. Like when she finished when she graduated college, she wanted to join the Peace Corps. Good for her. Yeah. That's the kind of religious thing where I will allow it. If you want Mm -hmm. to help people by joining the Peace Corps and not just Mm -hmm. being a fucking missionary, great. Mm -hmm. Just just wandering around colonizing. Yeah. You can still do good things without putting uh, some sort of churchy banner over it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or like strings attached. Mm -hmm. Like just eradicating a culture. Yeah. After taking a couple years off after high school to work and save money, Michelle left Live Oaks to attend the University of Florida in Gainesville. Oh. She lived off campus and worked part-time as a personal trainer at the Gainesville or at a Gainesville gym. So she was just like just very driven and determined and like pragmatic. Doing her thing. Doing her thing. She became best friends with a woman named Jessica Siepel, who worked at the gym with her. And oh. she and oh, he what? just lit his tail. He lit his tail on fire. Oh Ray? god, it stinks. Get out of here. Oh, oh my, my god. You need to get a playpen for him. It's singed. Oh god, it stinks. Oh There's ashes god. all over my desk. Well, I'm really sorry. That's I don't know what to tell. Something happened in a while. Gonna burn down. Yeah, Ray is ca- an arsonist. Closely <laughs> monitor my totally. candles. That's why I have those tacky fake candles. It's the only ones oh. I can like leave in a room. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Sorry. Wow. All right. So she's best friends with Jessica. They are inseparable. They're they're BFFs. They meet at the work at work at the gym, and they just constantly spend time with each other and hanging out at each other's houses. Got it. This meant that Michelle also got to know Jessica's roommate, a man named Oliver O'Quinn, who worked as a nurse at nearby Shands Hospital. 
Never Shit. trust it all over. Mm. There are pictures of this asshat on the drive. Okay. Ugh. So Oliver was quiet and awkward, and it soon became clear that he had a crush on Michelle. The crush made Michelle uncomfortable, but she did her best to be kind to him because that is the type of person she was. Mm-hmm. Although that she first was red flag making people uncomfortable. She mm-hmm. was clear with him that she had no interest in being anything more than friends. And like she wasn't even really friends with him. He was just her best friend's roommate. Right. Yeah. He was just inserting himself. That That's probably a terrible uh, term to use, but like into her life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm she, sure he listened, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He left her alone. That's what men do. Case closed. The end. <laughs> he respected a, her boundaries and moved on with his life. Shyamalan twist. He was actually a pretty nice guy. And <laughs> she went on to live her fucking life. <sighs> there and are, they're now married. There are no Shyamalan twists in this case. Great. Okay. It's just. It's exactly what you think. There's a creeper <laughs> and he won't. Take no for an answer, and Great. he has access to drugs and needles. Okay, so. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> she d- didn't want anything romantic to do with him just anyway because of who he was, but also she had recently become more serious with her on-again, off-again boyfriend of four years, Jason Deering, and Jason was planning on moving to Gainesville to be closer to her, so they were like, you know, they'd been on again off again but now they're getting more serious they're growing up more and he's like making plans and moves to come be near her Mm -hmm. meanwhile oliver's obsession with michelle continued to escalate according to her friends quote he would follow her around like a little puppy dog oh he would say things to michelle like quote i really don't have very many friends and That's too bad. Bye. Yeah. The older I get, like, yep. the less fucks I give about just being like, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds Have like you a new problem. Bummer. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. You don't Hashtag have no to new friends. entertain these people. You don't. Mm-hmm. If they're creepy, you don't. Mm-mm. And then he would say shit like, quote, I'm so much smarter than most people that I have a really hard time relating to them. Okay. I'm not like other girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not all- socially smarter, clearly. Yeah, definitely. So at one backyard barbecue gathering that they both attended, Michelle joked around with her friends by demonstrating that anytime she moved chairs, Oliver would also get up and move to be closer to her. Like he could not read the room that she was trying to get away from him and he would just. No, absolutely not. No. Mm -mm. But all joking aside, Oliver's attentions were making her increasingly uncomfortable. Yeah. In the fall of 2005, he called her 43 times in a span of 30 days. No. Mm -mm. Oh, and like they are not friends. No. Sounds like my ex's mom. Oh, my God. (laughs) So then on November 10th, 2005, Michelle's mother, Belinda, received a terrifying phone call at 3.30 in the morning. No. Not a good time for a phone call. No. It was from Michelle's boyfriend, Jason, who had driven to Gainesville after becoming increasingly worried when Michelle had not responded to his texts or phone calls for two full days, which was completely unlike her. 
He was standing outside of Michelle's house and he could hear her beloved dog Duke barking and her cell phone ringing when he called it. So like he knew her phone was in her mm-hmm. apartment Ugh. and the dog is obviously like upset mm-hmm. and she hasn't responded to his calls or texts for two days. And like that, you know, they spoke all the time. I hate this. So he kind of trusted his gut instinct and like got in the car and drove to her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then as he's standing outside, he calls the mom. He didn't have a way of getting inside the house, so he called police. And when they arrived, they entered the home and found Michelle dead in her bed. Did she live by herself? I believe so, yes. I think she lived by herself. So there was no sign of forced entry into her home, and there were no signs of a struggle of any kind. And, like, nothing was stolen. Mm. So police ruled out an intruder per se, being responsible for her death. So it didn't look like anyone had, like, broken through a window or climbed Mm -hmm. in a door, you know, like, whatever. The forced entry. Right. Michelle also had no history of substance abuse or depression, so a suicide or accidental overdose also seemed incredibly unlikely, and there was, like, no drug paraphernalia in the home. Like, she, Mm -hmm. she's a fucking cutie little Baptist do-gooder girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So investigators' initial theory was that she had died mysteriously of natural causes. Like there were no, there was no signs of. She's not like choked or there's a gunshot wound. It's just like. no blood. Oh my God, she just suddenly died in her bed. She just. Which has happened. Which could happen. I mean, like, you you know, people can have like heart conditions that they don't know Mm -hmm. about, like. You know, you never know. But she's like this young, healthy. I mean, she's literally a physical trainer. Right. She could have and turned she's a her college head student. too quickly. Stop oh with that. She could have turned into a banana and then quickly turned back. Uh-huh. That's rough she on cracked your her skeletal neck, turned system. into a banana, and then <laughs> yeah. perished and turned back. Weirder things have happened. <laughs> there was like a, a beer bottle, like a single beer bottle on her coffee table that had like a few sips taken out of it. But Mm -hmm. there were no other, like, empty bottles. They checked inside that bottle. There was nothing. There were no, like, medications or poisons put in that bottle. And she definitely was not anywhere close to drunk. She'd had, like, a sip or two of beer. Okay, I was thinking poison, but you answered that question. Yeah, nothing. They tested the bottle, and there was nothing else in it. Got it. Besides probably crappy beer. Right. So it's Liney's berry vice, and that killed her. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it almost killed me at Lucy's cabin in like 2013. Oh god! <laughs> so they think maybe it's just like a mysterious natural cause death. However, when medical examiners performed an autopsy on Michelle's body, they found a teeny tiny unexplained needle puncture in Michelle's arm. And this is a Mm -hmm. smaller needle puncture than even like a normal Mm -hmm. needle puncture. Like it would, you know, for like a blood jar or whatever. It's like a very, very, very small puncture. Like an insulin needle. Those are just Mm -hmm. these itty bitty, like subcutaneous. Like, yeah, they're Mm -hmm. tiny, tiny. Mm -hmm. According to the medical examiner, quote, it appeared to be administered by someone with a level of skill. Mm hmm. Additionally, police found a plastic Publix bag of garbage about 60 feet from Michelle's home. It had been placed by some trash bins and apparently left behind when the trash had been collected. And because there was like no more room in the bins. 
mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. thank fucking god yeah. because literally if that if that bag had just been like gone inside the, the trash bin and gone right. to the dump this probably would Bye-bye. have never been solved yep you'd never fucking find it yeah So this trash bag contained, among other things, several empty vials as well as needles and a catheter. Uh Uh-oh. The vials were determined to have contained, uh, I don't know, I don't really know how to say it, propofol. Okay. Propofol. Sure. Propofol? Propofol. Propofol. Sure. Whatever. There's propofol. There's propofol. I don't know. (laughs) which is an extremely fast-acting sedative. When toxicology reports came back, it was determined that Michelle had died from an extremely high dose of propofol. Mm. And, like, if they hadn't found those vials, they never would have tested her for this specific drug. Yeah, they're not going to think to randomly test for that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not part of the, like, general toxicology screen. Mm Mm-hmm. So that it was just like an amazing thing of luck slash stupidity on the killer's part to leave yeah. that bag there. Like literally if he had done almost anything else with that bag. Mm-hmm. But he's smarter than most people. Right. 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 Weird. Right. Right. So police began interviewing Michelle's friends, looking for someone who would have had access to such pharmaceuticals and something against Michelle, mm-hmm. who, like, was a sweetheart darling and... Had no enemies. Yeah. And it didn't take long at all before they learned of Oliver O'Quinn. Fucking creep. Eventually, so they... This part is great. Investigators, like, you know, looked for fingerprints in her home, looked for fingerprints on the public's bag on the needle and the vials themselves. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nurses wear gloves. Mm -hmm. Yep. But one of the investigators thought, you know, usually when I see nurses or whatever, like quickly administering something, they will open the cap or the vial with their mouth. Oh, yeah. Uh 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 Uh-huh. 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 So Uh they tested the cap. Yeah, for DNA. <gasps> for DNA. Oh, that's good. That's good. And Holy it- smart <laughs> right there. Holy that shit. Is oh, that's good. You know what? have transformed. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. And so they found it on, they found Oliver O'Quinn's DNA on the cover of a syringe in the Publix bag. You son of a gun. And then that you got him. That syringe <laughs> also was found to have trace amounts of Michelle's blood on it. So it was like uh, bang, bang, smoking gun, made smoking camp. Mm. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. That's cool. So investigators came to believe, based on the fact that all of these fucking things lined up and uh, there were no signs of struggle, that all of these things lined oh, up. Oh, <laughs> I love olives. Oh my god. That Oliver may have told Michelle that he was going to inject her with some kind of medication to treat her recurring migraines that she did suffer from. Oh, so she like consented but didn't know what she was fucking consenting to from this creeper. And that's also why she would have let him in. He didn't have to break in. He didn't have to break in. She fucking knew him. She probably had like just gotten home from work or class or whatever, complained of a migraine, and he was like, oh, let me give you this. Oh, no, no, Mm -hmm. no. That's exactly what happened. Mm -mm. No. 
Unfortunately, by the time they gathered enough evidence to arrest O'Quinn, he had fled town. What a piece of shit. Of fucking course he did. Mm -hmm. So first he went home to Tennessee, where he told his father that he was mourning the loss of his, quote, girlfriend from a drug overdose. What a fucking asshole. Ew. Mm -hmm. That's fucking Uh, gross. mm. Absolutely not. This was before any information had been released to the public about Michelle's cause of death. So there's no way for his dad. No, they would have seen it on the news or like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't fucking know. So his parents like couldn't have pieced it together. No, they had no idea. They didn't know. Yeah. Then on November 29th, O'Quinn flew to Dublin, Ireland, telling his family that he was going on vacation. However, once he arrived, he applied there for a job as a nurse. Oh, you son of a bitch. He got a taste of that sweet, sweet murder. Great. So who is he going to kill now? Well, police in Florida were able to keep tabs on his whereabouts because he, like, used his own passport and he told his parents he was going to Ireland and then he applied for jobs in Ireland. So he basically strapped on a... A tracking device. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> went to Ireland. He's not good at murder. He's went to Ireland and just waited yeah. to be caught. So Irish police agreed to cooperate in surveilling him, but they were unable to arrest him because Ireland refused to extradite fugitives back to the U.S. in protest of the death penalty. Okay. Not uncommon. And he knew, I'm sure he knew he that. I'm sure happened. he like looked yeah. that Why up. he picked it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also so his smart. name is O'Quinn, so he probably yeah. had some Irish mm-hmm. ancestry. Sure. That's like the only semi-smart thing he's done so far is right. going to a country like that. And it doesn't last long. Oh, God. So in an effort to get O'Quinn to leave Ireland of his own free will, the lead Gainesville detective on the case focused on releasing stories about him to the Irish media, hoping Ooh. that the negative press would mean that he would be unable to get a job and force him eventually to leave Ireland. Smoke him out. Mm. Smoke him out. <laughs> Who are you? I don't know, I don't know. character has taken I over feel like you, but I like it. This character is like old, old woman at the Tammy. cabin. Yeah, Tammy at the cabin after like three red beers. <laughs> oh, which if, smoke him out. Oh, smoke him out. And if you're wondering what a red beer is, it's like Mick Golden with tomato juice in it. <laughs> yep. And if you're feeling real spicy, you can go full-blown Bloody Mary mix Mm. and get a little spicy beer, and those are fucking gut. Also, Tammy sounds like a river rat. I love her. She's definitely at at a cabin on a river, specifically. Bad day to be a bush light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm about to pound it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Smoke him out. Bad day to be a red beer. Oh, that's bad. No. Hey, honey, tap me off. Tap me up. We're out of Clamato. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Are you going to swing by the store? Going to yeah. run into town for some you Clamato? You good to drive? Go- yeah. Are you going into town? <laughs> yeah. I'm not good to drive. Okay. We're out of Clamato and I need a pack of Luckies. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Back to this horrific I murder. miss summer in Minnesota. I know. <laughs> it's really, oh. it made me really nostalgic. There's something about you going into town. <laughs> yeah? Like to the yeah, neighborhood, yeah, like yeah. across the dock. Do, yeah. do you need my keys? You need me hey, to move ma'am. my car? You need me to move the boat? You want to use the boat? <laughs> I'll write you oh, a check. No. I'll write you a check when you get back. Yeah. You're going into town. If Lisa's, <laughs> if Lisa's working, she'll let you put it on my tab. <laughs> yeah, put it on my credit. 
โอเคโอ้ยอย่ายูทูบแบบโอเคบ๊ายบายโอเค so I don't even know I don't, I've been in dazzle a lot this week with my sister in town I think I'm just being overcome by a spirit yeah fucking uh, Tammy spirit oh. small gamma oh you're going into town okay <laughs> so the the plan worked oh yeah and They smoked him out. They smoked him out. <laughs> But O'Quinn left Ireland and flew to Mauritania. Where is that? What? I've never even heard of that. I don't even know where that I is. I knew you were going to say that. So there <laughs> is no a map. Idea. Oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. Go to the drive. We got a screenshot of it's a map. In, it's in the like bump of Africa. Oh, wow. West okay. Africa. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The bump it. Of Africa, yeah, it's in the, bump, the beautiful bump beaches, probably. Probably, I don't know. I have not been. Where he visited the American embassy and attempted to arrange receipt of a money order, but the embassy employees saw that his passport was flagged and they tried to stall him. But they didn't have like the power, the jurisdiction to arrest him at mm-hmm. the embassy. Like the embassy employees didn't. Hmm. You know, because they're just like. Like people pushing paper at the. I guess they could have made a citizen arrest, but but they should, they should have some sort of officers there, right? I it's guess like American. I thought I'm, I'm sure it's a very very small embassy. Hmm. Hmm. Good point. Okay, you know it's not like he was at a you know the embassy in Paris or something. Okay, you know whatever. So they were probably waiting for somebody to arrive that could arrest him. So they're trying to stall him. But he got spooked and left, and he fled across the border into Senegal. Okay. So Senegalese authorities soon detained him, and they sent his ass back to the U.S. Nice. <laughs> All right. And he was arrested for murder. This was October of 2006, almost a year after Michelle's death. So all that rigmarole, and he only bought himself about a year. Mm-hmm. At trial, the prosecution painted a very clear picture of O'Quinn's growing obsession with Michelle, which they claimed turned deadly after Michelle mentioned to him that she planned to marry Jason and that he was moving to Gainesville and they were going to get married and live and together. leave her right. the fuck alone. Yeah. Right, right, right. In addition to the DNA evidence on the syringe and a witness who had seen a man matching O'Quinn's description outside Michelle's home that day. O'Quinn's cell phone records also provided damning evidence because, again, this man is really fucking bad at murder. Oh yeah, he's just leaving trails all over the place. <laughs> so he, you had, know, they're tracking him like a yeah. moose in Canada. Oh man, <laughs> golly, following his scat all the way yeah, to Mauritania. That's what I'm saying. They're, he's leaving his scat all over the trail. Yeah, <laughs> what an amateur. Amateur. <laughs> So he had called Michelle numerous times every single day for nine straight days preceding her death. Like his and phone calls had escalated. <laughs> yeah, and then suddenly stopped because he and, knew she wouldn't pick up. Jesus. And then the phone calls abruptly stopped. What on a fucking idiot. November eighth, the day of her death. Even Stop. though she wasn't reported missing and her like body wasn't discovered for two more days. Obviously, it's not <laughs> oh. funny, but this man is a. Fucking idiot. Yeah. 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 That is great. Yeah. I love how dumb this motherfucker mm-hmm. is. Oh, she was dead for two full days before they uh, found her. 
Yeah, poor and gal. her dog was there alone. Oh, poor gals. So O'Quinn's public defender did not call a single character witness to the stand. Well, why would he? <laughs> why bother? But They're in- all going to backfire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But instead attempted in his closing arguments to show the prosecution had failed to prove that O'Quinn was dangerously obsessed with Michelle. That was like his only angle. He was like, yeah, he liked her. He had a crush on her. But like. What's dangerously obsessed of, you know, ignoring a woman's it's boundaries? Subjective. Who oh hasn't God. stalked a woman right. who clearly is not interested in them? A woman who or two. hasn't stalked a woman? <laughs> or hasn't stacked a gal? They like it. Oh, my God. It's flattering. It's flattering. They like it. God damn it. So the jury was not convinced, and O'Quinn oh, was no. found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without parole. During sentencing, the judge in the case said to O'Quinn that, quote, it is beyond my comprehension how an intelligent mind could conceive of what we've heard about this week. In this case, you executed... And bit his tongue before he said, you fucking idiot. Yeah. (laughs) In this case, you executed Michelle Herndon, and tonight after the sentencing, I know I will sleep soundly. Oh, wow. Wow. Got him. They got him. Michelle's mother also spoke at the sentencing hearing, stating, quote, I look at you and I see a small, small man. I think about what you did to yourself and Michelle, who would have been your friend for life. She could have been your friend 10 years from now, but you took that. You chose to take that. What you took from us, you will never know. I almost let you take everything. I almost didn't survive this. Oh, oh, poor thing. I know. It's just God. so fucking senseless. It's like, so senseless. He's ju- it's just selfish, narcissistic man. Yep. Well, yep. like I said from that horrible quote, it's almost too easy. Yeah. You have all the access. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he and, kind of yeah. did maybe almost get away with it if I they mean, hadn't checked for the saliva. I mean, everyone would, have, everyone would have known that he did it, but like, yeah, execution he, wise. Yeah, he, he got he, out of the fucking country. Yeah. yeah. It, there would have been a mountain of circumstantial evidence, uh-huh. but it's not necessary. He wouldn't have necessarily been convicted mm-hmm. if it yeah. hadn't been for his own stupidity leaving all that shit right there, mm-hmm. 60 feet from the crime scene. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his DNA. The phone fucking, calls. Fucking forensic files. Oh, the phone calls are the so stupid. abrupt halt of the phone calls, you fucking... Uh, that is the dumbest fucking shit ever. <laughs> At least, like, Pam Hupp made some fake phone calls. Yeah. And she's also <laughs> a fucking idiot. Forgot about Pam. Mm-hmm. Oh, the thing about Pam. So, yeah. So, that is this case. Wow. This tragic death of this, like, beautiful, bright, ambitious, mm-hmm. kind, generous... Woman, mm-hmm. because of some prick. The, yep. mo- the monkey gal. It's always some monkeys. asshole. I hate that. So just a reminder, Ugh. you do not have to be nice to people that are creepy. Right, right, right. Fuck politeness in that regard. Yeah, you can be a good and kind person and still have boundaries, have boundaries and not let creepos, you know, Murder sneak into you. your life because it's yeah. just not good. And if a creepo offers you an injection for your migraines or whatever just politely decline yeah yeah I'm, migraines suck i do get it but yeah no 
But yeah, I mean, this is coming from someone who accidentally smoked ketamine just taking pot from a stranger. So, like, I get it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying Nobody's I'm, perfect. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm smart. <laughs> you know, Tammy's been around the block a few mm, times. So I if mean, someone offers you a syringe, this just is coming say no. from someone who accidentally to my life smoked advice. ketamine. Because yeah. I learned everything the hard way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I learned, yeah. Grew With up a on a red beer in hand. Yeah, grew up on red beers at the cabin. You see some shit. Okay. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Oh, geez. Yeah, let's do it. When it comes to looking good, Stitch Fix has you covered quite literally. Mm-hmm. You can say goodbye to endless browsing and hello to fresh picks curated for your size and taste, and you don't have to leave the house. It's. The best thing in the world. I'm wearing Stitch Fix jeans. Yes, I said jeans. Yeah. Right now. they. This is like a miracle product. They have sent me so many pairs of jeans that I had just like given up on even trying to find in stores. And they all fit me. It's unbelievable. And it's so easy and fun to get started. First, you take a few minutes to set up your Stitch Fix style profile. You answer a few questions about what you like to wear, what you don't like to wear, which I think is like even more important than what you like to wear. Oh, yeah. And then how open you are to trying new styles. Then Stitch Fix's expert stylist will go to work finding items exclusively for you. I have a girlfriend who used to be a Stitch Fix stylist. So like, it's not an algorithm, people. It's a person. Every piece is handpicked for you. It's unique to your size, to your style, and it's in your budget, making it the best way to discover clothes that make you look and feel your best. I've definitely found some pieces that I wouldn't normally pick out for myself, and I just tried them on because they were in my Stitch Fix box, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And I it totally does work for me. <laughs> yeah, I totally love this. Stitch Fix will send you five pieces to try on at home. You keep what you love and send back what you don't. Shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. And I have gotten bags, shoes, accessories. Like, they cover everything. It's remarkably easy. It really, really is. It's it's a personal shopper. It's like, it, it seems so lavish, but like, it's not. It's so easy and it's so affordable. And there's no subscription required. You can try it once or you can do what I did and set up automatic deliveries. There are no hidden fees ever. You know how much you're going to be spending on these products always. And sign up for Stitch Fix and get the season's latest pieces for men, women, kids, neither, neither, both, everything in between. They've got you covered. So sign up today at stitchfix.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash gals to get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Limited time offer, purchase within two days of sign up and treat yo outfits. Treat them. Are you feeling a little anxious? Maybe a little overwhelmed? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe a little <laughs> just sick of everything, tired with the world. You just want to escape into your fantasies for a little while. Yep. Yep. So these feelings can really make it hard to shift gears and get in the mood, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But with Dipsy, you can focus just on what makes you feel good. It really works to get you in the mood. Okay? I'm just going to say it. It really (laughs) does. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed for you. You know, it's designed by women and it's designed for you. 
They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Find stories about that intriguing co-worker with a British accent. Or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. I mean, I can't really identify with that one, but like there's something in there for everybody. It's a fantasy, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Hear the sexy voices of Sarunas J. Jackson, ER Fightmaster, Luke Cook, and many others in stories like you've never heard before. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your like favorite standbys again and again and again that you know you love, You can always find something new to explore. And Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories, which I love. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really just your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. All the above. Mm -hmm. So for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash gals. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash G-A-L-S. One more time, dipsystories.com slash gals and treat your fantasies. Treat them. Okay. Are you ready for my case? Hey, baby. <laughs> so, like, this nurse's motivations for killing are 100% the reason I cannot become a nurse. <laughs> and, like, among... A million other reasons, but mainly this, and we'll get to it. Okay. (laughs) So to get into this story, we need to visit our favorite boot-shaped country of Italia. Okay. So the young, beautiful, and vivacious nurse, Daniela Poggiale, was Mm. working in a hospital near Ravenna in northeastern Italy in 2014. 2014. Uh, 2014. (laughs) And maybe vivacious is the wrong word because it sounds like she was just a real pain in the ass. Okay. She was often annoyed by- She was a handful. She was a bit much. My epitaph. (laughs) She was a real pain in the ass. (laughs) She was often annoyed by her patients or their families and allegedly played some fucked up, quote, jokes on her nursing colleagues, such as- giving patients excessive amounts of laxatives during her shift so that they'll be shitting like mad during the next shift, leaving her co-workers to deal with it and humiliating her patients in the process. Oh, my God. My God. Yep. Jesus. So, yeah, she wasn't an easy one to work with. She was a handful. Don't play pranks no. on your patients and no. nursing colleagues. Just oh my don't God. play any pranks involving laxatives. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, don't do putting it. someone's stapler in jello is one thing. Yeah. And like her patients would suffer at the because of this. And Everyone started, would suffer. Everyone suffers. And they started suffering at rates that started to raise suspicion. Especially when her patients started to suddenly die. So her patients were dying so frequently that an investigation was launched. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been oh, a shit, case yeah. of smoking and driving. Oh, shit, yeah. 2014. Uh, 2014. <laughs> so this investigation uncovered, and this is translated from Italian, so bear with me. Quote, surprising results of a research on the first quarter of 2014 summarized as follows by the judge for the preliminary investigations. The judge is Rosella Mataria. 
In that period, there was a... So in the first quarter of 2014 that they investigated, there was a significant increase in deaths in the sectors where Daniela Poggiali worked, and that is 38 out of total 83, like, deaths against an average of 10 per nurse, like, on average okay, in this hospital. so almost four times the other yep. nurse death average on yep. her shifts. 26 in the sector where she regularly worked, and 12 in the adjacent sectors where, as a matter of practice, she could intervene. Mm-hmm. So basically, everywhere she floated around, people fucking died. Mm-hmm. But investigation into these deaths, including talk screens and autopsies, turned up no signs of foul play that could be directly linked to Daniela. So at this point, all they had were stats and a hunch. Yeah, and her like, it up. fuck it. The laxatives, man. Oh, that is really rude. Really oh. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll get to how bad she was. So they started looking into her behavior and interviewing her colleagues. Quote, she wanted to do the nights that all the colleagues would say almost in chorus. But she, too, is cynical and vindictive. She used to overdo the laxatives to patients to put in difficulty the colleagues who succeeded her on duty. And she, too, overdid the sedatives at night. Again, this is translated from Italian. Yeah. So as not to be disturbed by the sick, which oh. like, I get it. I get <laughs> She's it. Oh as my, a nurse. Oh my God. She's oh like, oh, God. they're being so annoying and oh, needy. It's like literally your fucking job. Like, <laughs> shut up back there. I'm watching my stories. Oh my God. God damn. <laughs> she was the worst nurse. It's so bad. When there were the challenging ones, she said, I'll take it easy. And like just sedated them. Uh, And this was almost nonsense compared to the disturbing anomalies that Sarah, a colleague who is given all the tea, remembers. (laughs) Quote, non-serious patients who accused a sudden worsening of the clinical picture and then expired. So, like, they'd come in for something, it would suddenly get really bad, and then they'd die. Right. How is it possible that no one has noticed, she said. Mm -hmm. But things got really bad when a new patient entered Daniela's care. The patient was an elderly man named Faustino Taglioni. And Faustino was the relative of a doctor, uh, like, at the hospital who also ran the nursing department. And it's alleged that Daniela did not have a good relationship with that doctor. And then was caring for that doctor's relative. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. Poor Faustino. I know. He does no idea, no. Uh, But Sarah did. It's not his Faustino. Faust. Sarah later said in in an interview, quote, there was no good blood between them. She spoke badly. So when the relative was hospitalized, I had that premonition. I felt that the man could be the could be the chosen one for a further anomalous death. Imagine oh. suspecting your coworker of being a serial killer. Uh, we've all been there. <laughs> I think she's starting to suspect something. Oh no, we're on her radar. Give her sedative. Well, sure enough, her premonition was correct. Within a few days in Daniela's care, Faustino had suddenly passed away. Without a solid reason for his sudden decline, once again, Daniela was left unaccused, at least not, like, officially. Mm-hmm. But another patient came into her care shortly thereafter, after a shift change. A 78-year-old woman named R- Rosa Calderoni, and there's a picture of her on the drive, and within hours, Rosa passed away. So this had not now gotten like too out of control to wave off as a coincidence and an autopsy was immediately performed on Rosa. 
Okay. And thank God it was. Otherwise, the evidence would have once again faded away because Daniela was using injections of potassium chloride to end her patients that she found too obnoxious to deal with. <laughs> God. Which is why I can't become a nurse. Mm-mm. Potassium chloride, <laughs> even in like a deceased person, will be virtually undetectable in the system within about 24 to 48 hours. They have a really small window for to it to show up on it. a tox screen. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um, yep. Potassium chloride is also much more lethal in victims experiencing existing health issues, which all of her patients would have been since they were admitted to the fucking hospital. Yeah. And the symptoms of potassium chloride poisoning include muscle weakness, chest palpitations, arrhythmias, and gastrointestinal distress, all symptoms easily explained away by other issues that would have brought these patients into the hospital in the first place. Yeah. And all mimicking, like, cardiac issues. So especially with elderly patients. Yeah, it's like, well, they just had a heart attack and died. Right. The symptoms mimic heart failure and in large enough doses cause heart failure. And this is an incredibly common cause of death among the elderly. Mm -hmm. So... Daniela was arrested for murder in this case, but considering the, quote, murder weapon, like, disappears after a short amount of time, because she was putting it in their IV. So it's like, you can't find the pokey spots. Right. Mm -hmm. It was either it shows up on the talk screen or it doesn't. So proving that she had killed other patients in her care was almost impossible. Yeah, it's not like they could exhume people and test them. Mm Mm-hmm. Shit. You wouldn't know. And the number that it could be is high. So... Prosecutors are a little concerned that they wouldn't get a win in this case, but she also, like, is not likable. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of people who already suspect her. her. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't work out great for her. Daniela had a habit of reveling in the deaths of her patients and even coaxing her coworkers into taking gleeful photos of her posing with their corpses. Oh, my God. Okay, I saw this picture in your file. Yep. <gasps> oh, my God. It's so disgusting. So it's this is blurred, a dead person. Both of those are two different dead people. And that's her posing with and two that's her. thumbs up and also then mimicking the Finger dead person. Guns. Yep. With an open mouth, like, pretending to be dead. Oh, yep. God. my God. Uh-huh. She's, like, genuine. You can see it's the joy. joy. The glee. Yeah. yeah. Glee on her face. Absolutely. Yep. Ew. So Sarah, the same colleague who sang like a canary about her shitty coworker, ended up being fired from the hospital in the aftermath of all of this because she confessed to being the photographer for Daniela on more than one occasion. Oh, come on. Well, I mean, yeah. yes, yes, but yeah, she that said, kind quote, of punishment and letting this bitch get away with this for so long. I know. But yeah, she said, quote, Poggioli asked me to go with her to the closet where they brought the deceased patient. So like the morgue. She was particularly euphoric and wanted to take a picture next to the bodies. I didn't have the courage to say no because she is a vindictive type. I was in fear and awe of Poggioli and I didn't want any trouble. She used to give laxatives to patients just to embarrass colleagues on the next shift. So I did what she wanted. Yeah, she was a fucking bully and scary and and a murderer. And and actually, it's good that... This person was bullied into taking these photos because it's more evidence against it's her. It's evidence. But right. also, I can see why. The hospital's like, okay, we got to clear out. Yeah. Everyone I can associated see why with she the was, situation. I can see oh, why yeah. she was fired. But in this context, the way you're saying it is just like, oh, f- seriously. Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah. a priority. Daniela, 
Daniela agreed in court that this was wrong and was like, oh, I feel so bad about this. But also immediately tried to throw Sarah under the bus saying it was actually her idea. Whatever, bitch. You look way too fucking happy. Right? In those photos. Like, those photos are looking at the photos. She's so into it. And yes, these photos will be on the drive because the deceased are blurred. Those so are it's like, like not the graphic, army guard but photos at Abu Ghraib where yeah, they're like, yeah. just, it's, it's fucked that up. level of disturbing. Yeah. This is a quote from the Daily Mail. This is like they were there at her trial. She said, quote, it wasn't my idea, but that of my colleague who took the photos. Also, I never could have imagined they would be circulated. Well, it was yeah. something. It was something private between me and her. Anyhow, it was a mistake. She, That's yeah, what she no said. No fucking remorse. She's like, well, no, I didn't I'm, want to post them. Right, I didn't think anyone would share it. Just for my personal spank bank. Ew, God. Speaking through her lawyer, Stefano Stefano Diavalle, Poggiali said she was unable to explain the fact that she was present for 93 deaths in two years, double that of any other colleague, except that she worked a lot of shifts. Mm -hmm. She said, quote, I haven't killed anyone. Rather, I always live to help others. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in one of the disgusting images, as we discussed, Poggiali can be seen grinning and giving thumbs up signs next to the body of an elderly woman. In another, she is leaning over a corpse with an index finger pointed like a pretend gun at her own cheek with like her mouth wide open. It's so fucked up. It's really fucking bad. So Daniela was convicted of the murder of two patients in 2014. So I believe Faustino and um, Rosa. Mm -hmm. However, this sparked the investigation of an additional 93 patients who died in her care. The the trial and resulting conviction were an absolute sensation. She was getting fan mail, love letters, groupies who had been obsessed with the Amanda Knox trial. Oh, my God. Marriage proposals and plenty of attention in jail. Like people were sending her like roses like dozens of roses you shouldn't be able to send flowers to a prison i know but i don't know i mean it's italy totally different situation i also don't know how high security she was in like i don't fucking know well no i'm just saying but i agree with she you. she kind like, of looks like that. robin wright pen a little bit yes mm, i thought I that see too. It. Mm-hmm. i see it yeah but she didn't only get attention from fans her case also got the attention of a statistician mm. statistician yeah no you nailed it <laughs> Of an esthetician, Richard <laughs> Richard Gill, who firmly believed that the data in this case was biased and agreed to take up the mantle of proving it. So this is from phys.org, like physical, like physician. <laughs> Gill calls the approach of his predecessors Mickey Mouse statistics. So he wanted to defend her. Correct. Okay. They analyzed the times of all shifts of all nurses and the times of admission and discharge or death of all patients in two years. Using very simple statistics, they compared mortality rates with and without Daniela's presence. They took into account the time of year, day, or night, but left out other things that are also very important. Daniela was a hard worker, and she was often there. Many people died in the morning and fewer in the afternoon and evening and few at night, and she was like there a lot on the overnight shifts into the morning. Okay. There are many nurses present in the morning, fewer in the afternoon, and even fewer at night. So for every full-time nurse, there are more deaths when she is there than when she is not there. So, like, it's deaths on her and all these other people's watch. But is that, like, is that a national statistic? Like, that is, like, it's more common in general for people to die in the early morning? Yes, and that's actually true here in the United States as well. Okay, okay. Yep. It's not just like at this hospital. No, no, no. That is, that's actually 
Okay. That's like a real thing. I mean, I also hate the morning, so. Well, yeah, I would die too. <laughs> Moreover, Daniela was a conscientious hard worker. She started her shifts early and finished late. She always made the overlap between shifts, unlike many colleagues. So she it was basically like, she's, she's going to be she's around. She's a workaholic. Yep. So Gil and his students that like there were stat stats students who helped him like crunch all this fucking data. I don't know how to <laughs> stats, talk. Stats, stats students. Students. Stats students. 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 That's a weird throwback. That's an old joke. Yeah. I don't even remember what that was from. You and your sister getting movie tickets. And I don't know why you guys were, were we just drunk? fucking around. So, no, this we were in like middle school. Uh, the question still stands. <laughs> you just okay. She was student. Did it, I think because student, she wasn't student, just titties. student, or you were someone oh, wasn't yeah. just. You we guys trying, got all nervous. Yes, we were trying to get a, like the college discount. Yeah, <laughs> and they and were, we were, were really so, nervous. I was so nervous for some reason, so I asked for two student titties instead of stu two <laughs> stu student dick. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Margaritas, baby! <laughs> you guys, I'm almost done. I can't. So Gil and his student titties proved the false correlation on paper. Many people died in the overlap between shifts. In reality, during those 15 minutes, the doctor comes by and officially establishes the death. Gil emphasizes that this is the time at which it was recorded, not the time of death. He and his students proved the false correlation between the presence of Poggiali and the death of patients. His Italian colleague discovered errors in the statistical analysis used by toxicology professor Taliaro. I don't fucking know. I don't want the twist to be that poisoning. she's innocent because I don't like her and I think she did it. Well, that's going to be how we finish this up. So, so based on this analysis, Poggiali was convicted of murdering two patients. Also, because there were rumors that she had an argument with one of them or like one of the, you know, their family members. Mm -hmm. The judges concluded that she had put potassium chloride in the drip, but no account had been taken to statistical uncertainty or the advanced age of the deceased woman. Her age could also explain the high level of potassium chloride. Okay. So it could have been naturally occurring. Oh, okay. The persistent lawyer and stat statisticians were finally <laughs> able to secure an acquittal after oh. the nurse had spent seven no! years in prison. Oh, my God. Yep. So she's been acquitted and released as of, like, early this year. But I'm curious what you think, innocent or guilty and lucky. She's guilty as fuck. I think she's fucking guilty. I, I think mean, she she's people. a bitch. She shouldn't be a nurse. <laughs> yeah, is she a nurse? Where is she now? No, I don't think she's allowed to be a nurse. She I don't know. She just got acquitted like eight months ago. De-nursed. I she's need. probably been de-loused and de-nursed. I need an update. <laughs> oh my God. Did she accept any of the marriage proposals? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking it's Italy and their courts, man. Their courts are so... I know. I may never go to Italy again. I mean, just don't get arrested risky. there. Just don't get arrested there. Well, yeah. You can't... It's that easy. You can't just set out to not get arrested. I mean, I set out most days to not get arrested and you don't I'm know. successful. I'm yeah. sure... You don't know. <laughs> if, if Amanda Knox was innocent, yeah. she didn't do shit. She right. didn't do anything. Maybe Amanda and Daniela are in some sort of, like, support group with each other. 
my God. Do you see Amanda Knox like recently tweeted something about like, do I need to go back to Italy? Because like no. so much shit is <laughs> fucked up in America. <laughs> you know it's bad. <laughs> Amanda, you have other options. It's not just these two places. <laughs> you know it's bad yeah. when Amanda Knox is making LOL, I murdered and got away with it jokes about <laughs> Italy on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Why? We're in the worst timeline. We really are. It's just it's bad. getting worse. It's bad. I hate it. Anyway, that's my case. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you to our fan picker, Martin Liu, and all of the non- Glad you're not a stas- <laughs> Thank you to all the student titties and- <laughs> totally forgotten about that. Oh it's a God. good throwback. To student titties- <laughs> Two student tickets. Oh, it literally hurts two to laugh that titties. hard. Okay. Yes, two supple titties. Two student t- t- tickets. Two supple students. I can't. Okay. Oh, Thank you. Don't kill your patients. We love you. We'll talk to you See next See you time. later. Bye. Fucking bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Cheers!